The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fretz. Welcome everybody to episode 28 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Quad Tier. I am Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast can be heard on WrestleAddict Radio, The Cure, for the common wrestling podcast across all common listening platforms. Today, I will be reviewing Monday Night Raw from 20 years ago today, that being May 21st, 2001. It is a very historic episode of Monday Night Raw. Why? Well, you're just going to have to listen in and find out. Of course, before I go on to this retro episode of Raw, I like to cover some other things that were going on in the world of wrestling. Of course, WWE bought its own competition, but that doesn't mean there was other stuff going on in the world. We had Triple A, Triple Mania 9 in Mexico City, Mexico, in front of 10 thousand fans now we had a main event dog collar hair versus hair match which is a very interesting stipulation and also on this we had a four corners elimination match and one two three four best two out of three falls six or eight man tag team atomicos or lucha libre's rules matches. Now, I'm not going to go through every name on this card because I would feel terrible butchering them. We had Latin Lover defeating Hector Garza, Pero Aguayo Jr. in Heavy Metal. The aforementioned Dog Collar Hair vs. Hair match had Perita Morgan losing to, I'm sorry, Sangra Chicana and El Cobra Day 2. I guess that's El Cobra uh, snake or something like that. Uh, yeah, El Cobra Day touched all four corners to escape, and then Sangra Chicana touched all four corners to escape himself, resulting in Perita Morgan getting his head shaved, much like I just did. Also, although this took place on May 28th, the week after this episode of Raw, this is worth noting. The great Kali was actually training to be a wrestler at the time, and unbeknownst to me, well, at least here according to his Wikipedia page, Rana came to San Francisco in 2001 and signed a contract with WCW until they were bought out by WWE, and then Kali went over to... uh, New Japan and CMLL and All Japan before signing with WWE. But during training, an unfortunate incident took place here that is rather infamous, at least in the uh, internet world of professional wrestling. And it was the Brian Ong incident. Brian Ong was a wrestler that was training with a great colleague who died after receiving a flatjack from Kali. 
Now, Ong had suffered a previous concussion during the session, but the trainers gave him a lower evaluation for not avoiding injuries and told him to continue training. It was proven that Ong did not receive protective gear or or supervision by all pro wrestling APW staff during this second concussion, which unfortunately proved fatal for him. Although Kali inadvertently caused his death, Ong's family brought a lawsuit against APW, and APW was found liable for recklessness after less than a day of deliberations awarding the Ong family damages of over $1.3 million. Now, this is just an absolutely crazy story to hear, especially with 2021 and, you know, CTE and everything we know about that now. It's absolutely crazy. So if you're training to be in wrestling or in MMA or, heck, even if you're out going for a stinking walk, you hit your head and you think you have a concussion, you got to stop and, you know, take about 10% off there, Squirrely Dan. You got to just stop what you're doing because uh, concussions are nothing to be effed with. And also, this is the night after Judgment Day. And if you want to know my thoughts on that particular pay-per-view, you're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio, where my episode of the 20 bell salute will be up probably by the time you hear this maybe by a day or two after just depends on my schedule on work and you know my my off time the weather is getting a lot nicer i'm trying to spend a lot more time outdoors although i did sit inside and watch uh backlash and the rob van dam documentary which was very good. Backlash wasn't bad either. I'm not going to call it by its other name because it's effing stupid. So yes, patreon.com slash Radio, my 20 ball salute that has reviews of Judgment Day 2001 and the movies, video games, TV shows, music that was out that month. Shrek being one of those movies. So there's a little sneak preview. It is May 21st, 2001, and Monday Night Raw is live from San Jose, California, and I'm willing to bet that a young Bailey was in the crowd for this show. This is the night after Judgment Day 2001. Again, if you want to know my thoughts, patreon.com slash Radio gets you access to that. It wasn't mentioned on the show outright, but China is gone from the WWE. The current women's champion walked out or had been released and is no more. And we don't have a women's title for the foreseeable future. Stone Cold Steve Austin opens the show. Austin had retained his WWE title in a hard-fought match against The Undertaker with a whole bunch of shenanigans. That being Officer Farva's favorite word and restaurant with all that goofy shit on the walls. I swear I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. 
Paul Heyman says, DPA, don't predict anything. Stone Cold grabs the mic, starts cutting a promo on the San Jose faithful. You know, boo all you want. I'm still the champ and nobody can stop me. Asshole. All the asshole chants. If I get one more asshole chant, I'll be fixing to knock your little teeth out. So they switch to Austin sucks. Okay, this crowd knows how to play along. Awesome. He says to The Undertaker, you don't get a rematch. And uh, nobody can stop Stone Cold Steve Austin, blah, blah, blah. Stand up and respect me, audience. Love me. But then you hear the countdown. And it's Y2J, Chris Jericho. On behalf of Jerichoholics everywhere, or this would have been the perfect opportunity to say Jerichoholics Anonymous, but that might leave a little bit of a bad taste in some people's mouth. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had to take a drink there. I have a theory, Austin, of why you did what you did, referencing his heel turn and aligning with Vince McMahon. You are an angry, vengeful, 100% bonafide jackass, and you are a bigger slut than Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. Oof. Wow, that was a pretty rough one. And he says that uh, him and Benoit... They won a challenge for the tag team titles, having won a tag team turmoil match the night before, which was a pretty damn good match, if I say so myself. And then, hey, Jericho and Benoit, they get their tag team title shot in the main event. Backstage, after the break, the heels are mad. Kurt Angle arrives, bragging about his medals, and just talks to an attendant. Good to see you, Bob. My name is John. God bless America. And just walks off. Just Kurt Angle being an absolute dick is the best. The Big Show is challenging Rhino for the Hardcore Championship in our opening contest. Of course, there was lots of weapons and plunder. Trash cans and kendo sticks. All that. Jazz. A chokeslam is denied, and Rhino goes for the gore, but instead runs right into a trash can lid. He gores the trash. And then he gores a chair that is set up in the corner, and eventually, Big Show gets the upper hand, chokeslams Rhino through the trash can, and wins back the hardcore title once again. Rolling Stone has The Rock on the cover and a very nice photo shoot of Lita and Team Extreme. Kurt Angle once again is backstage talking to an old man saying, You don't have much time left, so I'll have something for you in this second class city and your grandchildren to remember me by. And it's, of course, his uh, gold medal ceremony taking place later in the night. APA and Terry are in the APA's office. Uh, 
Bradshaw and Farouk are just sitting down, having a couple of cigars, playing some poker, drinking some beers. And Terry walks in all... How do I put this delicately? Nipples. Nipples. She walks in with them nips poking out. And uh, is like, hey, shouldn't you guys be warming up for your match with the Radicals? And blah, blah, blah. And then... Uh, Terry opens up a Budweiser. Hey, hey, get don't, don't steal our beer. And then pours it all over her chest, uh, entering herself in an unofficial wet t-shirt contest. And then Bradshaw's like, here, take every beer we have. Just goes into his little filing cabinet. In their little fake setup office, they even had a freaking file cabinet with all the beers. And then it was a setup all along because... Of course, the Radicals are going to get a little bit of heat before their match with the Acolytes later in the show. Backstage, for some reason, Austin can't find Deborah. Spike and Molly Holly are sitting backstage hanging out and uh, trying to make up for the dissension that's been going on between the Hollies and the Dudleys. And cute little... Spike Dudley gives cute little Molly Holly some Dudley shades. Aww. I can speak for all of us when I say... <laughs> Chef Boyardee advertisement here with a dude on a motorcycle. And you hear someone who this motorcycle drives by going like, Undertaker? And then he takes off the helmet to reveal Mick Foley. What? Were you expecting someone else? Well, yeah, Mick. Uh, never seen you drive a motorcycle before, but that looked pretty badass. Mmm, beefy. The APA versus the Radicals. Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko. And the APA pound the snot out of him. And then in the middle and end of this match, I realized why I remember this match so vividly. Saturn gets double powerbombed twice and gets severely concussed. All these headshots, and this is, of course, the genesis of You're Welcome and Moppy. Oh, oh doggy, here we go. William Regal is backstage talking to someone about England, uh, and, you know, even he can't find Deborah. And he alludes to and kind of pokes the bear at Steve Austin, suggesting that maybe the Undertaker tried to take her. The crickets chirping outside. Ugh, my sentiments, exactly. Team Eck are backstage, Edge, Christian, and Kurt. This gold medal ceremony will reek of awesomeness. Hey, how about we make it better? Kurt Angle suggests that he stands on the gold medal podium. Christian stands on the silver and Edge stands on the bronze. And Edge and Christian say, um, how about no? How about no, Scott? And then Kurt's just like, oh, right. That's better. Because then all the spotlight is on me. He leaves and uh, Christian goes, he's special, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, you said it, dude. And now Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Stacker 2, 
We swear we're not IcoPro, Castrol, GTX, Drive Hard, and Twix. One of my favorite candy bars, side note. Matt Hardy versus X-Pac for the European title, and X-Pac is a freshly shaven man. The beard is no more. He's looking more like the 123 man or the 456 man. I had something for this and it's gone. X-Pac is, of course, a former two-time European champion. Paul Heyman calls Just Incredible a one-man crime spree, which was actually Just Incredible's nickname in Extreme Championship Wrestling, something that I forgot up until that show because Just Incredible and Albert are all trying to get involved here. They wishbone Matt Hardy right into the ring post. That will ruin Lita's evening, says Paul Heyman. Albert presses Matt Hardy from ringside over the top rope and back into the ring and in a very impressive strength spot by Albert. Albert is criminally underrated. I know he'd go on to have somewhat success in 2001, at least in the next couple of couple of months he would. But man, just an absolutely underrated worker it is Albert. Matt Hardy does the 10 smashes in the turnbuckle spot on, on X-Pac. Goes for the leg drop. Goes for the twist of fate. There is a reversal with X-Pac trying to get his foot on the ropes, and that is also denied. Albert absolutely Oklahoma stampedes Jeff Hardy right into the ring post on the outside. Lita mounts X-Pac from behind. Eddie Guerrero gets involved here and attacks leading to a twist of fate on X-Pac and still European champion Matt Hardy version 0.5. Backstage, the doctor checks on Perry Saturn. The lights are on, but nobody's home. He's just saying, you're welcome. Now, I know this doesn't age well at all, this concussion storyline and this Perry Saturn kind of acting brain damaged in a way. You're welcome, would be how my cousin Johnny and I greeted each other for the next, like, three years after this. So it left an imprint on me somewhat. And finally, one of my favorite segments in Monday Night Raw history. Kurt Angle's Gold Medal Ceremony. Of course, Kurt Angle has won back his Olympic gold medals in a three stages of hell match at Judgment Day. What stipulations are in this match? Well, you can listen to my review on the Patreon show when it's out. Five bucks a month, patreon.com slash Cheap plug. Once again, Kurt Angle here is just being so good. You can tell that he's going to start to well off and start to cry, and even Paul Heyman is like crying on commentary. Kurt Angle, he digs out an actual scroll, which he had his promo written on, and reads a poem called What is a Hero? Just referencing everything that he's done. Just being an absolute dork. I'm here to recreate my gold medal ceremony from the 1996 Olympic Games. And 
I'm gonna, I got respect from the people in Atlanta, unlike you guys. So everything gets the cheesy music, the pyro, the confetti, him standing on the podium with his hand at his heart, just having a cry, soaking in the moment, and being an absolute dork. Until... Here comes the money! Here we go! Money talks! Here comes the money! money, money. Of all people to interrupt this is Shane McMahon. He says to Kurt that, hey, you have your three eyes, but I also have three letters. And that is WCW. Yes, the WCW is starting up again, and it is starting up again very, very soon. Sooner than you think. Shane then abbreviates WCW in case we all forgot what it stood for for a good two months. World. There are many worlds with many moons, like Jupiter and Pluto. Yeah, remember when Pluto wasn't a planet for like three years? Yeah, this was back when Pluto was always a planet. In my mind, it always has been and always will be. And sadly, this will upset uh, John Ritland, but there is no mention of Uranus. You know, they changed that planet's name in 2801 to end that stupid joke once and for all. Oh, what's it called now? Eurectum. Championship. Something that you don't have, Kurt. And C is also for Crayon, Coyote. And C is also for Cookie, which is good enough for me. Okay, that was good. <laughs> that was good. And W, the other W, stands for wrestling, something that you are very good at, and also water, whatever. And while he's saying this, he's walking up the promo, uh, the podium, sorry. And this W stands for another thing, wussy. And that made Kurt absolutely irate. He grabs Shane McMahon and angle slams him off the top of that podium. You freaking deserve that Shane not only did you interrupt a monumental occasion like the gold medal ceremony but you call a dude a wussy uh no them's fighting words Shane backstage Austin finds Deborah who instead of saying something like oh honey I couldn't find you I was worried about you where'd you go he got pissed at her like, I had to get coffee. It's like something about Stone Cold being worried. And then Taker bolts into shot and screams right in Deborah's face. Are you scared? Well, you should be. And then because of the history with the thing with Sarah last week, Undertaker says, if you ever bring my family into this, I'll show you what it's like to step on someone's family. Wait, what? Man, I keep going through this, but American Badass Undertaker sucks. And Stone Cold is blaming his wife, who just had to go get coffee. 
Man, he is not getting very many redeeming qualities here, so maybe this heal run ain't that bad, but oh man, we're we're just getting started. Shane McMahon is escorted out of the arena. The Dudley Boys versus the Hollies, and this is where we have Spike and Molly's budding romance continuing. At Judgment Day, the Hollies interfere in the tag team turmoil match and cost the Dudley Boys their elimination. And there's a bit here. Now, you're going to have to forgive me for this because this involves a little bit of Hebrew, something I'm not very well versed in. Paul Heyman, himself being a Jew, calls Molly Holly a shiksa. Now, if anyone is listening to this knows what that actually means, uh, hit me up and correct me if I'm wrong. A shiksa is a Hebrew insult for an attractive woman, non-Jewish woman, who could be a temptation for a Jewish man. So that could mean one of many things that is probably, no, is 100% extremely offensive. We get the usual Dudley Boy shtick here, the was up, the Devon get the tables, and while the table is being brought into the ring here, Molly prevents it, but then Spike quickly ushers her out of the way as Crash dropkicks the table into all of their faces. He then goes to get the ring bell. Molly says no. Bob just says, F it, takes it, cracks Devon in the head with the ring bell, really rings his bell, and the Hollies win. A little bit of dissension here between the Hollies, no, in amongst the Hollies and in amongst the Dudleys because no one approves of this budding romance between Spike Dudley and Molly Holly. Backstage, Vince McMahon apologizes to Kurt Angle, and then he goes and berates Kurt Angle, saying, why didn't you break Shane's ankle? I want to hear it snap, crackle, and pop. Kellogg's Rice Krispies, I'm going to reward you with more gold. You got your gold medals. You love your gold medals. How about I give you the opportunity for more gold for taking care of Shane McMahon, where you will wrestle the Intercontinental Champion Kane. Thanks, Vince. Uh, I think. But Dudley boys yell at Spike Dudley, saying you can't trust a Holly. Bubba Ray says, you know what has to happen now. No, 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 Bubba. That bitch is going through a table. My lord. And this is now time <laughs> for an ad break. So after this commercial break with messages from Russell Addict Radio, you will get the rest of this crazy historic show. Stay tuned, peeps. My name's the Monday Night Delight, and my life has been pretty crazy. You see, I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10, and when I was 29, I started a wrestling show with my friend Mitchell called The Gift Podcast. You may have heard of it. It was great, but Mitchell met a girl that he thought was even greater, so he left the show when they got married, and I still love him. Anyway, I did the show by myself for a while, but that got hard, so I joined up with Rant with Ant and went to WrestleMania, where I met the Kings of the Rings, and that was awesome. Eventually, though, Rant with Ant went away, but Ant left us with WrestleMania Radio. Hooray! But then things got crazy in my life, and I decided to stop doing The Gift Podcast. 
for four months, I didn't do a show except when Goldberg won the Universal title from The Fiend. I mean, what was that all about? I was so mad and I had no outlet. It drove me crazy and I had to start a new show. The Delight Show. Every Wednesday, we talk about all elite wrestling, TNA, Impact Wrestling, pop culture, and if we really, really have to, the WWE. It's a fun time, and I'd love for you to join me every Wednesday on The Delight Show on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Bye! And welcome back to Fretzelmania. While the NHL playoffs are going on, go Leafs go, I want to remind you all that Wrestle Addict Radio has a merch store on spring links will be below in the description of this podcast or above depending on what listening platform you're on and what your perspective is also i've said it a few times already patreon.com slash wrestle addict radio exclusive shows like fretz's fae 5 the 20 bell salute tales of an epic nature and so much more Meanwhile, back in 2001, Steven Richards is at WWF New York promising a major announcement regarding to write to censor. And before he can get a word in edgewise, Paul Heyman yells at Stevie, tells him to stop. Nobody cares. Go see Times Square. Go get something to eat. Get out of here. Oof, that was kind of rough. Uh, Jeff Hardy and Eddie Guerrero wrestle Edge and Christian. Now, before the break here, Eddie and Team Extreme were talking backstage, and, well, since Matt had already had a match earlier tonight, Matt gave his blessing for Eddie to tag with Jeff, and, man, these two had really good chemistry, even landing a poetry in motion. Eddie Guerrero got the hot tag before after Jeff Hardy was getting worked over for a good chunk of the match, Eddie hits a really nice head scissor takedown. The aforementioned poetry in motion. Edge hits a spear, and while ENC are going for the doomsday superplex move, Lita crotches Edge, and Eddie hits a mwah, magnifique, wonderful sunset flip powerbomb on Christian for the win. Once again on Raw, I've seen this match at least a couple times on the show now since I've been reviewing it. Kane versus Kurt Angle. This time for the Intercontinental title that Kane won the previous night at Judgment Day. And Kane is still selling that injured arm from that very brutal match. And of course, Angle is thrown in to the ring post for trying to work the arm. Kurt Angle eats a sidewalk slam, a super lariat. Kane goes for the choke slam. Angle reverses. He gets a boot in the face that sends Kurt sailing over the top rope. Shane McMahon attacks Kurt on the outside, allowing Kane to get the choke slam and the pinfall and retain his title. Backstage, Jericho and Benoit are talking old times like the dungeon, Mexico, Japan, and putting up from all that crap down south. Oh, oh, just you guys wait about that crap down south. Mick Foley is announced to be once again on the number one bestsellers New York Times list with his second book, 
fully as good, which is indeed a good read. And we're already here at the main event. This is a very long, grueling, intense, great wrestling match. The two-man power trip, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H defending the Tag Team Championships against Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. There is a lot of quick pinfall attempts to start the match by Chris Jericho. He hits the flying forearm Tito Santana would be proud of. The super elbow smash from the top rope. And everyone gets their chops in on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Chris Jericho goes for the walls of Jericho. And this, this is when things start to go down. Chris Jericho breaks up the pinfall, but at the same time, tears his quad right off the bone. He manages to hobble to the announce desk, rip everything off of it, and have Chris Jericho put him on the walls on the announce desk while having his quad completely ripped off. That shows a lot of guts and a very high level of professionalism on on Triple H's part. Chris Benoit goes for the Air Canada, but Stone Cold Steve Austin moves. There is a stunner. Jericho pulls the ref right before he can hit the three count. That is not a disqualification, is that not? A lion salt, and Triple H is still in the ring here. I believe he actually ate the lion salt. If not, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Triple H goes for the hammer. He is still standing, and he accidentally hits Steve Austin with the sledgehammer. And we have brand new tag team champions in Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. Triple H is hurt real bad, and we won't see him in the timeline here until January of 2002. And not long after that, I'll be making the switch to reviewing SmackDowns. So that's a little something to look forward to. Now, for what I remember, obviously, it's it's the quadricep injury, and it's also the Perry Saturn turning into uh, your welcome brain-damaged moppy Perry Saturn. Something I forgot during this show was Eddie Guerrero and Jeff Hardy tagging. I didn't know that happened. I thought Eddie was... Uh, suspended around this time or going to rehab but I actually looked ahead it's going to be after the following week's show which I've already started watching because it takes place in Calgary and uh yeah Canadian crowds are a lot of fun in pro wrestling in case you haven't heard the past 20 some odd years and something I would change would be the hardcore title changing for no reason well uh with the big show I don't know what and why this was. Maybe I'll find out as I go through the rest of this timeline. We're getting really close to the invasion here, folks. It's it's happening. And I might have some things to say as I relive that 
controversial angle. But you're just going to have to wait like me and find out. So thank you very much for listening to Fretzelmania. Remember to also listen to the rest of us on Wrestle Addict Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Addict underscore Wrestle. We are the Young Lions Perspective, the Delight Show, the Kings of the Rings podcast, and myself, the Fretzelmania podcast. TTFN, ta-ta for now.